Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Graciously, we come before thee, O Lord our God, trusting in your love and your mercy for each of us. We pray, O Lord, that in this new year, you would work in the lives of many people, that they might come to faith in Jesus Christ, your Son, that we as your people might walk the paths that you have laid before us in wisdom and in truth, and that we, no matter what we face, might trust in you above all things. Help us to move through this year without fear, but full of hope. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. A blessed new year to you all. I like the term blessed new year more than happy new year. Very few people use it. But every year, every day is full of God's blessings, whether we recognize them or not. For so often we are so self-focused and so focused on the world around us that we fail to see what it is that God is doing in our lives and who he has called us to be. It's very easy to take a look backwards and see what happened in 2020 and to lay it all out. But I would encourage you all to Look forward. The question is, what lies ahead? The answer is, we don't know. A year ago at this particular time, if you had tried to predict everything that was going to happen moving forward, my guess is that 100% of us would have been wrong. Jesus tells us not to worry about tomorrow, for it carries enough troubles of its own, but rather to focus on each day, to focus on what it means to live by the wisdom of God rather than the wisdom of man. To focus on loving and serving the Lord with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength. This morning, we have the opportunity to gather for what is a rare thing, actually, in the church calendar, and that is a second Sunday after Christmas. Normally, the calendar falls in such a way that we only get one Sunday after Christmas. What an extra treat! That we have. And because of that, the lessons that you heard read this morning are lessons that are seldom heard in the life of the church. Because not only do they only come around once every three years in our cycle, but because the second Sunday of Christmas comes even less often, 
We might hear these lessons only once in a decade or not. And so we have this wonderful gospel lesson today of Jesus who is in the temple, but his parents don't know it. Now, the text tells us that this isn't the first time that Mary and Joseph and Jesus have, have traveled to Jerusalem for the Feast of Passover. In fact, the second verse of our, of our lesson today says, his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover. And I would imagine, like many families, they have some traditions that have developed around the holiday. Traditions, perhaps, that are pretty solid. We have traditions like that, and yet in times of pandemic, they all got disturbed. But no pandemic at the time of Jesus. They go up there to Jerusalem on an annual basis at Passover. It's every a good Jew's dream to make it to Jerusalem at least once in their lifetime for Passover. And every year they gather with other people to travel and to journey from Nazareth all the way to Jerusalem to celebrate Passover. And every year they have not had to worry about Jesus because they know he's off playing with his cousins and, and, and perhaps his siblings and they're all having a good time. Think about it that way. People say, how could they miss him? Well, because every year they haven't had to worry about him. But this year is different. You see, Jesus is 12 years of age. He has become, in the Jewish custom, through the rite of bar mitzvah, an adult. And Jesus is in the temple. And he begins to listen to all of the teachers in the temple because you see all of these different teachers in this huge Temple Mount area would kind of set up their little place of teaching and it was kind of like an open college. You could travel from one teacher, one rabbi to the next and you could dialogue with them, you could ask questions. And perhaps that's the way that Jesus begins. By asking questions. Perhaps he goes to one rabbi and listens for a little bit and then he asks questions. And his questions are very pointed and very discerning. And then perhaps he travels to the next one. And at some point, maybe these teachers actually begin to follow Jesus because of the questions he's asking. And they're wondering who this, who this young man might be. You see, Jesus has that gift that Solomon asked for in our Old Testament reading today. He has that gift that comes only from God. He has wisdom. How does wisdom come to us? Does it come to us naturally? No. 
That wisdom that comes from God comes to us as we study his word, and that would have been no different for Jesus. He would have sat at the feet of his father, Joseph, and learned the scriptures and learned what they meant. He would have been taught by the local rabbis and by the synagogue leaders in Nazareth. He would have learned to read and write Hebrew and Aramaic and Greek. And Jesus, in the very first verse of our gospel lesson, before this journey to Jerusalem, we read, he grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. He's growing in his understanding of the word and the understanding of who he is. That he's not just the son of Mary and the son of Joseph, the son of David, the son of Abraham, but he's the son of God. Mary and Joseph, we read in the text, find out after a day that Jesus is not in their traveling entourage and they head back to Jerusalem to look for him and after searching another full day in Jerusalem that means three days one day's travel another day's travel another day searching they finally find him in the temple and Mary She's the one who asked the question, Son, didn't you know that we were so worried? Why have you treated us so? We've been searching for you with great distress. Somehow in these words we want to assign a certain amount of disobedience to Jesus. And yet there's no disobedience here. There's no fault here. There's simply an understanding that Jesus is in some ways already beginning to embrace who he is. He's not disrespectful to his, his mother or his earthly father. He simply says to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Reminding Mary and Joseph of the words that the angel spoke to both of them when he was conceived. He shall be the son of the Most High. You see, Jesus, even at the age of 12, is doing the very thing that we ought to be doing as we enter into a new year. He's already looking forward. I love this verse from St. Paul. In his letter to the Philippians, 
forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I love this verse. This is a verse that I had typed out the old-fashioned way when I was in seminary on a three-by-five card. I have people looking at me going, I don't know what a typewriter is. I tapped it out on a three-by-five card and I taped it to my dorm room door. Not so that other people could see it per se, although that was part of the purpose, but so that I would see it every day and read it, especially, especially on that day when you received the last quarter's grades. Not that I was a bad student, but there were those classes that you struggle in a little bit, especially when they're all in Hebrew or Greek. And some of the classes that I got a little bit lower grade in were the ones I learned the most in. But after looking at the grade, I went, I'm going to forget what's behind and press on. Well, with the year that we've just been through, the wisdom of God says, forget what's behind. You can't do anything about it. You can't change it. All you can do is deal with the here and the now. And so as we enter into a new year, where are you at now in your faith with Jesus Christ? Where are you at now in trusting him with your very soul, your very life? Where at? Where do you find yourself? Forget what's behind and look forward. Look forward and set your feet on the path that God has laid before you. A path to serve him with all of your heart and soul and mind and strength. To not worry about the world and what it holds. But rather to hold near and dear and sacred the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of salvation that he brings to all people. For just like Jesus already at the age of 12, we too set our eyes on the cross of Christ. And as we journey in the next few weeks through the season of Epiphany and the season of Lent, As the lessons unfold before us and we hear the teachings of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we begin to understand that this is the focus. That God sent his son into this world, born of a woman, born of human flesh, to walk among us. And he sent him to walk to a cross. To suffer and die. In our place. I love the words of the letter to the Hebrews where it says, and I think these are great words for for not only walking into a new year, but, but for walking into each day. Fix your eyes 
on Jesus. The author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. Fix your eyes. Fix your hearts. Fix your lives on Jesus. And have a blessed new year because the new year comes to us in Christ. And we are blessed in Christ. In his name, amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all of our human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the true faith of God in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.